to another episode of Five for Territory podcast. Uh, on a sadder note, recording this earlier than we had previously hoped, although there was going to be content this week regardless, but uh, just bought us an extra couple days to bask in the misery. But as always, I'm your co-host Woody, and with me is uh, Dave. Dave, how are we feeling? I think we are literally uh, talking today on a day that um, the Houston Astros have uh, advanced on into the American League Championship Series, so that's that's the world we live in. Uh, which just which just for me is it's kind of like icing on the cake to think that the winner of the Twins Astro Series is advancing on after getting past relatively easily a Oakland Athletics squad, which of course leaves us in that wonderful position of thinking. What if it was us? Could we have possibly uh, still be watching some baseball right now? But that's not the case. Instead, Woody, I'm here um, having a beer on a Thursday evening. And like you said, just wallowing in the um, futility of yet another Minnesota Twins postseason. Uh, how, how, how are you feeling about the whole thing? Any, you know, we were talking about on the top, like before we started hitting the record button here of, how we wanted to set this up and i said there was one one play i would want to talk about uh in this wild card series but i'll, I'll flip it back over to you two game series twins uh peter out quite quite meekly quite mildly and and ultimately in a really disappointing way and manner uh but what what are what were your thoughts after those two games i know we talked a lot during them but what, where are you at right now how what's what's what what are what are your thoughts about the the uh, wild card series games and uh, how are you doing right now? Yeah, I think uh, off the top of my head, like in summary, uh, the 2020 wild card series for the Minnesota Twins, I would just summarize with: uh, Did we really need to make it a series? Um, I don't I don't know if we need to go through another nine innings of that excruciatingly painful experience that was playoff baseball for the 2020 Minnesota Twins. Um, we probably could have just got away with the one game because that pretty much, like, when that game ended, I know we technically could have just won two in a row, but just with how – let's I'll start with the fan base, how the fan base is built up. The In in the way we lost game one in the ninth inning and, and just that collapse, and we will get to that one at bat that, that you mentioned uh, down the road a little bit here. Like, nobody – expected or even was honestly even like thinking we were going to come back and win that series like it was over um it, it was very much was a if, you, if you're going to lose like that and you're going to put up that like just week of a performance like as much as we talked about on previous uh pods this season 
how I was going to be positive. I was going to be optimistic about this team. <laughs> I was going to change my my tune. Um, <clears throat> there just there wasn't anything out of that that you could sit there and say, you know what, I I think we can come back and win game two. It was more just like, okay, um, let's get this over with and get on to the off season. But I. Yeah, in, in I, don't know. I, I think that I don't know. That's that's such a great, great encapsulation of the sentiment. Because I, I felt the same exact way. Second game next day, I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna watch this, but I'm not gonna get up, throw my hat. I am not gonna swear in front of my wife and child. I'm I'm not going to go through that because I already know what's gonna happen. And I was already in trouble as well for that. But <clears throat> and I was just trying to think wasn't so much the twins got punched in the face in game one, but what would be a good way to kind of just, again, try to summarize that? It was just like, they just didn't show up. I, I All throughout, we, we were just talking about this just a moment ago. You said it was double-A baseball. I feel that was <laughs> our softball, our E-League, D-League, whatever we're in. E-D-League? Uh, <laughs> which, that's a bad joke. Um it was it was pathetic, it, and so I, I'm I'm trying to think of what would be a good way to just kind of summarize what we watched in Game One and then continued in Game Two. It wasn't so much the Houston Astros came up and just punched them right in the face. It was the Twins literally had no interest in competing. Yeah, that that's a good point. Like that, just a good way to put it. Of we just were just disinterested in in competing in playing the game and going out there and. I, you just have to use a bunch of really like elementary school like cliches of give it your all like give a hundred percent effort yeah. um and it was just game two just how it started too you're just like oh nothing changed like yeah. it, if that this is the case then it's just going to be a matter of okay we'll score one you know meek run and then we'll watch them put up it doesn't matter they're going to score two and we're not scoring more than one here uh we don't yeah. have anything there and it's weird because we've talked about it all season, this roster we felt like was one of our better chances in the last twenty years at really like being able to to kind of like play the way we want to and control the game and, and force like twins baseball into the game and make the other team adjust. And we just were the same thing we always were. The the path was there. The the this team was and I think we diluted ourselves a little bit last year with the Yankees um matchup in the playoffs same thing too we kind of came into it like new team who this um not we're not concerned about history we're not concerned about whatever the streak was at at that point in time and and again this year we we put ourselves in the same position we said all right excellent we don't have yankees we don't have cleveland um we've got a team that just somehow is the al central champs we're here we can score runs at any moment um, our pitching's better than it was last year, and, and only one of those things actually showed up, and it only showed up in the, in the form of starting pitching in those two games. I, I, I really, in, in thinking about this a little bit more, just this moment, and I, right before the series started, was trying to give as much love to Rocco Baldelli as possible for somehow putting the Twins in a position where they were the AL Central champions without a healthy lineup all year long. And somehow he was able to cobble together a competitive team 
in a weird year and keep people focused and keep them on track to win their second back-to-back Central Division Championship. But that tune quickly changed in 48 hours. And what I can only describe as kind of baffling coaching decisions, um, some over-management. Uh, and I don't know if that's just his approach to trying to get something out of his team, but they, they just didn't show up. And either he wasn't able to punch the right buttons or they weren't willing to or ready to or up to the challenge. So th- that was that. that's just kind of another lens looking through this if you look back and if you really want to overanalyze a couple of those moments in terms of when pitching changes were made and who was left in and who was left out um it, it's brutal it's absolutely brutal but I, I on certain players acknowledging that they came to play looking at you kento looking at you old man Cruz, doing what you were brought here to do that was it though and then the rest of it, I don't know. I, I want to give some space to say that Rocco was trying to find some spark or put the guys that got us here, question mark, in positions to, to have big moments and try to fire up this team. But I don't know. I, I felt weird about this, and I think we can go back to the tapes all throughout this season about the balance of where this team's at, like after Donaldson de- Donaldson's ejection, did they really come flying out of the gates? Did they really mesh together? I, it's such a weird year that some of that's tough to tough to know, but yeah, it, it, they clearly did not come flying out of the gates to win the, those two games. And here we are. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think it, yeah. It, it, and taking a look now, deep diving into this one at bat that, that I think everything comes back to. And you, it can, Go to a couple things, right? I guess it comes down to how how you look at sports and how they're played larger, right? It's you have the coaching belief of like, hey, it's never just one moment; it's always a series of moments. That if we would have done this differently at this point of the game, we would have, you know, you can always point back to a couple. Uh, I would argue against that in this case, and I think there's two you can pick from. One, a really easy like beer league softball exchange from shortstop to second base that we just like not even in a like a oh man like how do you not make that play away almost just in a like we have to be cursed if you'd missed that throw away like there's not there's no explanation and we i think we had multiple group messages going on from softball members saying we literally have four different members on our team which is a lot for us who said they could make this throw and (laughs) <laughs> a lot of the questions should have been po- posed. I don't know if you would have fielded the ground fielded the grounder before it. To be fair, yeah. but yeah, like we would have, and it's just between that and then between the next at, at bat, uh, three two count. You walk a guy with the base is loaded. One but second. Yeah. One second. I am not going to talk about this without a beer <laughs> freshly poured or in my hand because this is. You are talking about the most excruciating baseball play I can recall. Go on, Woody. I'm going to just drink this beer while you break this motherfucker down. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start more, like a little bit longer on on the on the air because, and, and it's it, it it to be fair though, like this kind of error, you can just watch and you can just say, you know what, everyone, whether you understand like very little baseball or you were like deep in analytics. You, everyone can kind of see this and be like, ooh, 
Like, shouldn't he have made that throw? And he just didn't. And didn't end up harming us, right? Like, it was like, okay, I mean, now the inning keeps going, bases are loaded, now, you know, it's like, hey, don't don't give them life, don't give them more at-bats, and that's, that's something that you definitely kind of worry about for this exact reason of you have, and this is the issue, we talked about this before the series started, of we don't have that guy in the ninth inning that we feel like, go to him, he's going to go in and deliver. We had, like, three or four, and it's the old, like, quarterback saying of if you have two quarterbacks you have zero and that's kind of the feeling <laughs> of like if you got four closers you got probably negative four closers then like it's yeah it goes even worse past zero and the fact that we couldn't figure out with Rodgers beginning the season of like for the first I want to say like five appearances though I thought he looked decent he gave up one bad home run I feel like re- right away and then but then just never figure it out Trevor May <laughs> who will get to the free agency thing later down uh, in the pod here, but couldn't figure it out all season, probably all career. And then so we now we're at Sergio Romo, and I just watched the pitch again. Oh, God. Granted, Altuve's 5-5. Five, five. Um, you, ha- you have to throw a strike, and it's yeah, not really that's... close. It really isn't that close. Nope. Nope. I, 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 this, is, this is, again, this is game one. This is this is the ninth, correct? This is the top of the ninth um, with two outs. Yeah, it, it, you, you hit it right on the head. You, you have to throw a strike. This, I don't understand, especially from a veteran of Romo's experience, of Romo's journey and everything. Like God, like God bless him. He has been like one of the better stories of this twins team ups and downs of it. I mean, he's given up some big, big, big hits. He's gotten some big, big outs, but this one, I just, I find just completely unexcusable that you can't throw a strike. And he tried to get him to nibble on, I think a couple of the pitches, both, both Woody and I are at this, right. This moment, we're looking right at the, at kind of that, that game cast and he's nibbling, nibbling, uh, definitely trying to get Altuve to look for something. He threw the slider on two, two down and away. Altuve took that. And then he tried to hump a sinker over for a strike. And I don't know if that's his off speed pitch. It's just, when I saw that, that was, that was when I threw my hat, when I said a large expletive in front of wife and child. And I, it, that it just right there. That was my back was broken spirit crushed uh, for yet another season of twins baseball. So it, I, I just, I, and it, it gets me to the moment. And I, I, we don't need to go right away into the 2021 Minnesota twins roster. But for me, it's like that that's, Sergio Romo, thanks for everything you did for the Twins. Like, all the best to you and whatever this life brings to you. I know he's got an incredible story, um, you know, just sending the best to his family, his wife, his kids. But I, you can't bring him back in 2021. It's done. It's over. Man, that hurt. It just it, – it hurts so much from a fan perspective. So, Yeah, you – unfortunately – for both us and in general, um, you can't be 37 years old with a as a reliever who can't throw a fastball. Apparently, for he only th- he threw three sliders, three sinkers in that at bat, um, 
and he can't get a pitch over 90 anymore miles an hour with a 4.05 ERA. Uh, it, yeah, it's it, yeah, exactly what you said. And obviously, as we start to probably take a, a more negative turn here when we start talking about roster things here going forward, uh, obviously, as people goes without saying, not this isn't personal. Um, but at no. the same time, too, where it's like, as Twins fans in general, I feel like this is one of those things where it's like, it's such a part of your life that, <laughs> yeah, you know what, it, it, but it is personal for us, it's like, as fans. Did you, but, yeah. did you have that moment, because this was, and, you know, that personal level of, uh, I kept, the next couple of days, so this, this loss, the next day, I was riding around, I don't know, doing some errands during the middle of the second game. We score the first run, I believe. I come back and I'm still not really, you know, I, but I started looking at my wardrobe just from a hat perspective. I mean, we live in a world of zoom meetings and Google hangout calls. And I was like, Oh shoot. I have to like retire half of these hats because they're all twins shit because I'm so upset right now. And, and all the, all the conversations with friends and, and folks that also follow the twins have kind of revolved around like this streak. Uh, my, my, approach to this and maybe trying to find some sense of humor was Woody next year, if twins make the playoffs and I think they have a good chance at making the playoffs with, with a couple things that we'll get to in the off season discussion here, they're still there. The window's still around if we want to kind of move back to a positive ground, but you and I are making a large wager that the twins lose that first round of the playoffs. Like I am sick and tired of receiving nothing from this. All we've done is just poured our hearts and souls into this team for 17 games in a row now, or is it 18? 18, right? We were, yeah. 18. Yeah. yeah. 18. So we need to get something out of this. So we are betting whatever we can in a way to benefit from a twins loss. If they make the playoffs next year, like that is, that needs to be like the new mantra of this particular podcast. Is that is what we're doing to try to get something out of this because I can't. It's 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 heartbreaking. It's gut wrenching. It's backbreaking. It's uh, we pour way too much into this for our own uh, <laughs> mental personal health to <laughs> to continue to do this. It's not sustainable to an extent. I would, uh, as the residential resident residential whatever that works. Uh, gambler of the two of us right here i would like to bring up that the money line just choosing the astros to simply win each game uh plus 150 plus 135 so if we would just bet a hundred dollars on the astros both game, which this is where we should have been smarter we knew game two was over like we we should have just life savings money line astros uh don't mess around and get weird with like oh man they didn't do whatever um, we could have probably even gotten a run and a half in a weird way because betting's weird and don't understand that the twins are were just done, were just dead in the water going into game <laughs> two. They're like, oh no, they best home team in the major leagues or whatever, and like that bullshit. Yep. But yep. um, yeah, we would have been up uh, just assuming that we would have bet a hundred dollars on each game, like uh, rough math here, like be up two hundred and eighty dollars each. So that would have been that would have been nice. Well, again, I think this is this is a good moment here just to kind of say that series was brutal. It was awful. We have a plan in place to help kind of uh, maybe 
take some solace from the brutality that will undoubtedly be the 2021 playoffs. Uh, but I want to also remind, I think, a conversation you and I had, this might be many, many years ago, but when that sweet, sweet moment of success comes for the Minnesota Twins, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Minnesota Golden Gophers basketball program, men's or women's Minnesota Gophers football program, when we reach the mountaintop, Woody, we are also not going to stop celebrating for many, many days, if not a week, solidly. So while we while we roil in our self pity, our uh, consternation, let's just let's let's take a moment to also say, when we get to the mountaintop, this will all be made sweeter by what we've poured into over the last couple of weeks, over the last couple of years over the last lifetime is a valid point is a very valid point. <laughs> Plus we'll be very, very wealthy with all of the losses the twins have poured into the playoffs by that point in time. So it, I, I will say, I will add the, obviously the Vikings go without saying that as well. I'll add the wild and the uh, Gophers hockey program into that saying, but I'll add it with the asterisk of just like the last time the Gophers men's hockey team made the uh, frozen four. Uh, I won't be necessarily like watching, but I will be riding with, with everybody else and, and flipping cop cars with the best of them. So, um, Th- yeah. that is, I, I will be there with you for the Gophers hockey. You know, I have some concerns about Minnesota Vikings football. Uh, yes. uh, and then, um, yes, yes. Yeah. But that, it, this, I, 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 I'm just sitting here kind of thinking about you said like we're gonna take a turn for negativity. I guess I almost I almost want to like push back against that and say like neg- the negativity is behind us. Sergio Romo's abomination about a bat against Jose Altuve is behind us. In front of us lies yet another off season, yet another three to four months where we get a brief break from baseball being played, but just wondrous time to think about what if they do this what if they do that to put this team together and to get back to this idea that there is still a window for this club this composition of players to still be competitive and that's where I guess I would love to take this talk next unless there was anything else you wanted to add into the conversation about the 2020 major league baseball season which effectively is over for twins fans and should be over for the rest of baseball but i guess i'll stay tuned for any uh, additional la san diego games because last night was actually really fun so uh let's go padres find a way back into it uh would love to see the rays take care of um new york uh and then let's get ready for one of those california teams to be in the uh, world series yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing I took away from the – I agree. Yeah, the, the negativity is behind us. We, we now move into more positive uh, positive paths forward. And the the LA-San Diego series, like, like you said, very entertaining game too there. Um, it's LA's year because when Clayton Kershaw gets rocked by Manny Machado and then gives up that second home run to – I want to say it was Grisham or Gresham – um normally like that's like the back breaking for the for the dodgers right that's usually like the oh yep. man you get the head snap you get the 
you get the uh, Kershaw, the head dipping down after the ball goes over the fence, and it's just like, uh-oh, here it goes again. And they won that game. So, like, the Kershaw meltdown game, they win. Uh, if they can get over that hump, I think it's 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 over for the rest of baseball, which is good because uh, I think it, it looks like, as of right now, it's going to be Houston, L.A. again, rematch. Which should be, I think that'd be perfect, right? For In general, like, bigger picture here, right, would be a nice Dodgers, Houston, World Series. Uh, no cameras mm. used, no, no trash cans used. And I would just love, mm. just love the Dodgers just to like, just lay <laughs> into them and just a four game sweep and just be like, yep, this is exactly how it have been last time when we had you Darvish, by the way, also throwing on, on the mound for us. And the only reason we didn't get I to win like is because you guys cheated. And so here's, here's this rubbing it in. And, uh, Oh, I'd watch that. Nice. I would watch nice. that. So I kind of now want Houston to get there. Um, or for like game six or game seven, I forget what it went to last year, the Golden State Toronto NBA Finals game, where like the Warriors just kept dropping like flies. KD re gets injured, uh, Clay Thompson gets hurt, uh, Draymond Green <laughs> is just like checked out, and Curry, like they had a shot of Curry like sitting on the ground, just like like, hand, like arms like folded over his knees, just like, oh man, I just watched all my teammates lose. I hope that's true for the Astros, and just like they all just get hurt because they deserve it. Yeah, there, there's definitely a, a bit about kind of like, okay with it being LA's year. And then, of course, along with that, just wanting to see the absolute worst happen to Houston, I think, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I just I just checked here quick. We are into the Rays are down for end of eighth, end of the eighth uh, against the Yankees, which means, I mean, a game five. That's kind of fun. I, ultimately, I'm, I'm still like, I'm, I'm watching from afar at this point in time. ALCS and NLCS a little bit more intrigued. And I've got a good streak going, Woody, of, of watching a bit of the World Series, which I'm I'm kind of, I'd like to get back into that habit a little bit just to, to stay in for at least one sports major finals or um, championship game. Because out, outside of baseball, I don't think I... I personally, I haven't watched the Super Bowl for a while. I don't have any NHL Stanley Cup ties, uh, NBA finals. I also, I mean, I think LA's up 3 1, but I, I just haven't tuned in anything for a while. And if I'm going to devote any other bandwidth for a non Minnesota team, it's going to be the World Series, unless it's, I'm just going to hold this up for the camera to see your future 2020. 2021 Premier League title winners, a club from 1871 to today, 1878, excuse me, Everton Football Club, uh, when they win the title. But there's no title game, of course. It'll be decided in the next couple of weeks here as we run away with it. Yeah, they just do so that weird, yeah. dumb, like, honor walk thing where they all stand <laughs> outside the tunnel and clap as like the starting lineup walks by them or whatever. It's such a British thing to do. It's so stupid where it's like, it's like, okay, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge pro, like very pro everything the premier league does. And I think it's like one of these weird yeah. things where it's like, man, they get everything right. That's the one of the few things I think they've gotten very wrong of like honor guard. Good for you for winning. Like, fuck that. Who cares? What if, what if they could, if like, so like the whole relegation promotion is like we i think we've touched on this in the podcast before it's like that would be incredible to watch from an american sporting like what's what stops wouldn't be pulled from every bottom dwelling team to like stay up in american foot 
in American football in the NFL, in the NBA, like it would be crazy if you, if you disincentivize the tanking to get better, like, Oh my God, it would be awesome. Uh, but the, the premier league, if they could somehow get like a, a way to find the, that the FA cup actually mattered to, to then have all of the, uh, benefit of like, you know, all of, you finish first, you're, you're, you're champions of the Premier League that comes with huge cash incentives, huge bragging rights, lots of symbolic rights. But if you could also like somehow get the FA Cup back to that level, and it, I think the FA Cup once held that level of prestige, but if they could get that back, then you're like, oh, that's that's that would be awesome. But I, I don't think that's possible, and we digress. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's tough when like Champions League – Pulls, it's just all TV yeah. money too now, where it's just like you make so yeah. much money for getting to like the knockout stages and that, and it's uh, which I get, I get too, but no, that tournament style of like knockout, like one and done kind of thing, if with the FA Cup, and, and, and to be fair, like once it gets to like eight teams in the FA Cup, like they care, but before then, it's just it's a lot of these teams, it's like, hey, we've got four games in ten days, this sucks, <laughs> like <laughs> we gotta we gotta not care about one of them. Um, <laughs> We're off to Sherwood Forest to take on the <laughs> yeah. Rangers, of... where they're just where they know they can't hang with us, so they're just going to kick us in our shins for ninety minutes, and we just have to deal with it because the refs aren't giving us any calls. Yamas yeah. um... <laughs> Rodriguez, you're not playing today. Um, yeah. But in this, so it's just it's I, I love the World Series, and I really like your point about this could be a great chance if there's there's some made for TV drama right there for the Astros Dodgers. And then we can just watch Mookie Betts kick the crap out of them (laughs) along with his buddy belly. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it's still an interesting baseball season to be played, but for twins fans, I I don't know. What are, what are you feeling too, Woody, in terms of like the time and length you need to heal from this last season? Like how, how soon do you start, you know, reading that article that Aaron Gleeman puts up on the athletic that the twins daily writes up, you know, do you just say, you know what, I'm going to be back in two months time. Call me then. Or are you diving right in? Yeah, I think uh, for me, luckily I have a lot of uh, personal experience having to go through this. Like, again, it's not like a soul crushing. The only time I, I remember, I was trying to think back to like all the exits since we last won a playoff game, which I think was Oh four. Um, and like all the exits and most of them just were kind of like, wow, that was pretty lame. And like, we just did not have it. And you just kind of knew we were beat. The only time I ever felt like really like, man, I, I don't know how I'm going to get over this one for a while was the Joe Maurer foul ball where it was like clearly fair. And they have the two extra umpires in the outfield yeah. on those lines for a reason. And like TV, you could see it was fair. And it was just like, oh man, like we're about to get screwed out of this with Maurer I think that was like the Maurer Morneau Kadire team I yep. want to say and it was just like we came back in one game the first game at Target Field but didn't we or did no, we win we, that game at no. the next game at Yankee Stadium or did we get swept, we swept. I mean we haven't we haven't won we haven't won a playoff game in since 04 so like we've only gotten swept since the playoffs in 04 um <laughs> yeah it was that was like the feeling of like oh we have the Yankees right that was that was that game and then it was like Oh man. Cause that would have been just, Oh, I just remember thinking like, that was it. That was like, you're, you're a small market team playing the big guys, the big guys too, in the Yankees. 
and yeah. you need it wasn't even a break right you just need like those moments and we got the moment and it they just didn't you know, like it's just like it was baffling how they call it a fall ball but um yeah for for me in general at this year though uh like it's kind of like a t- it's tied to as we start to look at like 2021 here i'm gonna generally just be like a negative nancy about all of this until i find out whether or not uh we signed trevor bauer like it because it doesn't matter like and and, and to me it's like listen it's just gonna be the same old shit like different toilet until we go out and get that guy and not josh donaldson at 33 that guy not nelson cruz at 38 that guy like in his prime 29 30 years old coming off of what should be an nlsi young like has at least three more years of elite stuff and then probably the back half of that contract he's going to be a middle rotation guy which is fine. I again, I, I, it's kind of like everyone right now complains about the, the Suter and Parisi deals with the Wild. They sign thirteen-year deals and they have no trade clauses and they're eating up a bunch of cap. Is the summary of that. And I always say, listen, we signed those thirteen-year deals, saying we assume we're going to win a, a Stanley Cup in the first seven, and the back six years are just like, thanks for giving us the cup. So we kind of knew that hey, if we don't win the cup in the first half of these contracts, they're ass. Like they suck and. But like that was the everyone everyone knew what we were signing up for. So like you can't really get mad at it. That's how I feel about like a Bauer contract. It's like, hey, yeah, we're going for a top 10 starter starting pitcher for three to four seasons. And then we're paying him way too much money for three seasons. I'm cool with it. Yep. Like, because again, we've never yep. had it. Uh we talk about like the Vikings and the like until they weirdly won their game last week, tank for Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. We've never had like an elite true like generational talent at quarterback. We don't know what it feels like. We've had like Dante Culpepper and Christian Ponder. And like for the twins, this is how I see it of the only guy we've kind of had like that is Maurer and Maurer, like, again, great player, uh, batting titles, MVP, um, hall of famer more, more than likely. I don't know if he's first ballot, but he's probably in the hall of fame. But again, it was just like, not a, not like an elite hall of fame player. We haven't had a generational guy, you know, it's like he was still missing something even though he was a great player. And I just think that like, just looking at the the contracts, we were slated to spend with incentives, $155 million this year in, in salary. And I get the proration is kind of tied up in, in weird ways, but like we're spending more money as a team. So it's not unre- unrealistic to think like, Hey, let's go pay $30 million for a starting pitcher. Um, I just really hope his name is not Jake Odorizzi. Yep. I, and I'm, I'm, I kind of, and I find, I find myself doing this a lot at work too. So check me if it's obnoxious, but I'm, I'm like, so where we're at right now is pretty much like, okay, we've, we've, our action items are when we get to the playoffs next year, we're betting against the twins mm-hmm. and B Woody doesn't give a shit until Trevor Bauer is signed. Then he's back in hundred percent. If they don't sign Trevor Bauer, where are you at? Oh, man. Uh, probably opening day. Hopefully we can be at the ballpark and I can have one too many uh, Budweiser 16-ounce uh, aluminum tall bottles, whatever they call those, and talk myself. Uh, the red the red yeah, bottles, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> so like the weird like aluminum like metal things um, that they weirdly like only sell at like, games. Or you could actually probably could – well, we didn't play at Target Field this year. Usually, like right now, right when the season ends, for like the two weeks after the playoffs, they all just 
magically appear in Minneapolis uh, liquor stores. So you can always pick them up and, <laughs> and just like drown your sorrows in some more playoff beers. Um, but no, it's, yeah, it'll probably be opening day when I talk myself into it. We don't need Trevor Bauer. We got Kenta Maeda. We're fine with we're fine with Chris Archer with <laughs> Anthony Descafani. <laughs> uh, it's like the, I, I just I I really appreciate this. Uh, like we've been here before. We've been here long enough. I'm sick of this. I, I something needs to this script needs to be flipped. And there's only one free agent that's going to be able to do that for you. Because I really think that's really important if we're looking at a full season as well. Like this, Twins, if you were going to get away with having Kenta and Berrios, like this was the season to do it. You needed to get to this next round of the playoffs for your actual, like what you set up as a rotation to be successful. And you didn't do it. You couldn't, you couldn't do it. This was the year to get by with what you had. A full season? No, you need another arm you need another arm because you've already seen Chicago's coming Cleveland's not going anywhere like a full season you need somebody else that can come up and be the number one starter here uh and that's looking around at this free agent list it's Trevor Bauer or nobody the only other person that's like remotely close to the age of 30 that might be worth a damn is his Cincinnati teammate and Anthony uh, that, that's that's it. So, you know, if the if the twins, based off of the Donaldson signing, based off of that uh, move to bring him in, I'm also kind of like they're willing to spend that money, and I'm willing to kind of entertain the the hope that they'd be at least in the conversation. Like you mentioned, you just say write a blank check, just Trevor, whatever it takes. We're here. You're our number one starter. We'll overpay you. We just want the next two to three years window that you would provide um and i i i don't know that that's kind of one of those things that if donaldson's here and they're willing to do that then would they could they possibly at least be in the conversation so yeah it, and, and it's like oh hey they're not gonna be able to find that money well yeah when you pay michael pineda 10 million fucking dollars again next year it, yeah it makes it a little trickier but it it really is just older Rizzi was at 17.8 this year so let's call it, it's rounded up to yeah. 18. Rich Hill is at 6.5. Uh, and then you just go again, Sergio Roma was at 4.75. So right there alone, you have $29 million freed up and those three players just gone. And now we're just asking for like four to six million or million a year. And yeah, now you might have to make some new pitching choices or whatever. And you, you're all of a sudden throwing out Barrios who's on arbitration. Maeda, who's on a steal of a deal if he's pitching this well at 3.125. Uh, Pineda for 10. You go Pineda, Maeda. I uh, kind of rhymed. Um, <laughs> Barrios and Trevor Bauer. And then whoever you want to throw in as your fifth. And I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Like, I'm $50. Yeah. Let's make it $100 now on, on the Twins <laughs> World, when the World Series. And I'm doing it in January instead of the weekend uh, before. Woody, I got a couple more ways to find some more money for you to free up. Perfect. And they, they go as follows. You're not going to re-sign Nelson Cruz. Just Oof. nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. I'm not. Interested. We'll come back to that because I. If 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 that means if you can have Nelson Cruz for one more year, but that means it gets in the way of having a. I don't know if that's fair, but if you're if you're like we're not devoting money to you, Nelly, 
but we've devoted that money to Trevor Bauer. I'm willing to take that. Or another way we can flex and move that around. Mitch, what's up, buddy? Let's have a talk. Ryan Jeffers is here. We do not need your services anymore because Williams Ostadio is our number two catcher. Happy trails, Mitch Garver. We've traded you to Cincinnati. We've traded you to anywhere that will give us some kind of cash return. Uh, the other two options, I, I really like this idea of like Garver's shopping Garver. But if you can find somebody to give you something for me for Miguel, great, great. It's 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 fine. Uh, give us a couple of relievers. We need them. I give us give, proven arms. Like give me fucking three Tyler Clippers for Miguel Sano. Great. Uh, and then the hot take everybody's going to take is trading Eddie. Eddie would be my last person I'd like to see traded. I'd like to see Miguel gone. Uh, find some way to move that. Uh, Garver, then Eddie, and no re-signing Nelson Cruz. And then it's pretty much a play the babies situation. You're like Kirloff, Larnack, Rooker, Lewis, you're up. Let's go. Everything else is set around you. We've got enough depth there to, to, to give some stability. Uh, health is always going to be an issue. But if that means Royce Lewis is taking the games that Jake Cave usually gets, that's fine. Yeah, so... I'll, I'll go. I'll go to Nelson Cruz last because th- this one gets tricky for me. If the question is just as simple as, I guess I'll start here. If the question is yeah. just literally as simple as Nelson Cruz's money goes to Trevor Bauer, yes or no? It's an obviously yes, like yeah. right away. That's that's it's an easy question, yeah. right? But yeah. I think it's a little more complicated than that. Um, the Garver idea, yeah, like we have the guys. Alex Avila also his four point two five million comes off the books next year, so mm-hmm. that frees up that extra four million he needed for, uh, for. Bauer, the Mitch one's gonna be tough because he only made 620k last year, and he's an arbitration one, so he has three more years of team control. He's probably gonna make like 1.3 million this year, so it's not a ton of money there. But yeah, again, like you're saying, Jeffers looked. Is there trade value? Is there trade value? Might be nice. Um, can you get? Can you turn Garver, Sano, and uh, maybe just call it those two into two relievers that are Tyler Clipper level that are. Maybe a Tyler Duffy waiting to happen. Let's really honestly, you just need to trade those two for two reliever bodies, and just one of those bodies has to work. So you don't even need both of them yeah. to work. We just know, yep. hey, like we need to start moving some stuff. Um, I look around a little bit more. The Eddie Rosario thing. So he's entering his last year of arbitration next year. He's pr- he made seven point seven five this year. My guess is it's going to be around the ten to twelve million dollar range next year. Which for a two seventy hitter, he's going to put twenty five home runs. Call it 90, 85 to 90 RBI, uh, can play 150, 160 games. That's a good deal. I'm not. That's fine. I don't. I'm not really mad about that number. I don't want that number to get to 15, 18, uh, you know, 80 million over four years. Like that. That starts to get a little scary for me. But he is only 28. Um, the Polanco deal, which I was like, maybe we try to move Polanco for Royce Lewis. His next three salaries are like 4.3, 5.5, 7.5. So those are like not <laughs> getting moved. Um, you, you could you could convince a small market team maybe to like overpay for him because it's such a good deal. Kepler's kind of in that range too. Uh, both of their last years of their deals 
are like $10 million or north. But again, for a 270 hitter, although Kepler needs to work on that part, I guess, not terrible. Um, yeah, we, we do have this weird spot, though, where like between Rooker, between Kirillov, between Royce Lewis, and then Larnick, like where do they go? Um, and yeah. it's we've talked about this before. I think Lewis is the youngest one at 22. He'll be 23 next year. Like we're running out of time where that we can still call these guys like top elite prospects. They're kind of like, hey, if they were so great, why are they not playing at 25? Like that's a real yep. sentence. That's a real concern. So, yep. In that sense, long-winded answer to get back to Nelson Cruz. If you're guaranteed, it looks like Kreloff's on the team next year. If he starts your playoff games, you you have to, right? Like, it doesn't yep. make any sense to not. And if they're doing that, that almost guaranteed means that they're trading Eddie um, just to move another body. Because Jake Cave can come back, and if he's a 260 hitter that doesn't need to play every day, cool, let's do it. Unless Cave goes out there and says, hey, I'd like to play more. But again, you have Rooker, you have Larnick that needs to come up still. You can have both... Kepler and Buxton in center. Um, we still have Lamont Wade Jr. who can play outfield stuff. So there's there's numbers, there's names there. I just think with how Nelson Cruz has played the last two years, he's earned a third year. Um, it's probably more than we want because I think he made 14 million last year and 12 this year. Um, it's probably gonna cost you 15. You sign him as one of the last guys, and you only do it because you can trade. So no, for a, at this rate, give me a single A reliever. I don't care. Like it, so no, I, it was cool. His, his, his home runs are awesome to watch. Uh, fielding wise, we always are going to feel like he's a liability out there, especially at first, definitely at third. He's a DH in waiting. That's a terrible position to hold at 27. Like let another team figure it out, especially for what we're paying him now of 11 million, 9 million, 14.2 million the next three years. Um, and I just think it's unfortunately just time to, to move on. And if he's, if you can't find a trade partner for him, I don't, I don't know what you do. I I guess I don't know what you do there, but I think that's kind of, I'm trying to say, Hey, what are the three things you want to do next year going forward? It's move Sano, acquire two to three more reliever bodies and hope that one of them hits and then figure out your four air quotes here, elite prospect outfielders, what two of them are going to play regularly, and how are you going to make that work with Rosario still here on the last year of his deal? Yeah. I, so I, adding adding one more before all of that is that you need to be in the Trevor Bauer sweepstakes. Yeah. yeah you're, you're, you need yeah. to be there. And in how, however or whatever it takes to kind of get into that sweepstakes, if that means, like if you if you say, hey, we're here, we want to be a part of this, then if they come back and give you a number, then you get to that number. And that's it. Yeah. Again, that's where we're at from the outside looking in because we can't possibly stomach doing this all over again without that. Uh, But then I, I, I like this idea of like, then what from there? Because you can't Miguel Sano's unforgivable ninety strikeouts and just over two hundred plate appearances is it's it it's like and then he's got nowhere to go because there's there's just guys that are ready to kind of take that next step. And that might be the biggest hit with COVID nineteen screwing everything up is not giving those guys full chances or full seasons in the minors to prove themselves, to be like 
to play their way onto this roster all a, a rise. Like that, 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 that stinks. That, that stinks, stinks, stinks that Kirloff, Larnack, Rooker didn't get that full year. And Rooker came up and did just great in his, in his moment. But so it was, remind me, we got, we are Bauer sweepstakes. You've got to do something with Miguel Sano. You're saying is your number two priority, getting some relief help and then figuring out what to do with the outfielders. Yeah. I think that's the, the Bauer part. Like, yeah, we, like we said, assumed, um, you know, there's a couple random guys that I, they just don't matter, right? They, it's the Alex Avila's, the Marwin Gonzalez's. What are you saying about Adrianza? Yeah, it's just like, hey, if you keep them, great. If you don't, whatever. They all bat like 220. So, like, it. if any – Is this the end of the Marwin Gonzalez era for the Twins, I mean, too, or is he still under contract for No, he's year? out. Um, it's definitely the end of the Marwin Gonzalez experiment for $9 million a season. I can tell you that much. Yeah, bye-bye. Um, he – the flexibility is great. Love that. Still love that signing. Still absolutely love that. I mean, it was like, that's the utility piece puzzle solved. For sure. For sure. And I think that if you look at the playoff success and the regular season success, when I say playoff success, I mean just simply making it. Obviously, they didn't do shit in the playoffs. But, like, if you look at it, Marlon Gonzalez is a huge part of that in terms of the flexibility, in terms of the utility player. Yep. And just overall, like, you always felt with him in the game that he was going to be professional about it. Um, the long term, and again, it's 60 games this year, so it's tough. You can you can develop trends, but it's not fair. It's admittedly not fair to anybody yeah. that doesn't do great that had to start in spring training, stop for four months, come back, play in weird systems, and all. So I'm not gonna dog him for batting like 217 or whatever he finished this year. But at the same time, he didn't help his own his own case out. If we brought him back for like four million dollars next year, whatever. Again, they're whatever guys. So I don't really care. Um, you need a couple yeah. of them, but. Uh, yeah, Polanco is just such a good deal. I, I, I know you have, you have Royce sitting there, but between him and Arias, I, I think you got to. I think that's the biggest thing I take away from it all is Royce is probably gone for someone a reliever. Uh, can you get a closer off a team? Um, hey, Oakland, do you really want to play pay Liam Hendricks? Hey, Minnesota, should we just bring him back? Like, I was just uh, Liam Hendricks is a free agent. Is he really? Yes. No How do you feel about coming back to Minnesota? Like, uh, <laughs> get fucked, mate. Like <laughs> that's probably his exact answer. Uh, so I've been there, done yeah. that. Uh, you want me to leave the Bay Area? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, and that this is. So I'm just kind of already doing that quick. Like you got Donaldson, you've Polanco arise. It's solid up the middle. You need to figure out first base would you could i think really the the, the rotation is going to be interesting to watch because that's right now woody it's just it's just kenta and barrios from where i'm sitting uh big mike i'm too. not even sure with, in, in pineda but that's it like I, there's no in hell rich hill is on this team again homer bailey's not on this team again odorizzi unless you want to say like hey dude if you want to come back for anywhere you know we're just we can't possibly I, I the only thing that stinks is there's nobody in the minors ready to make a quantum leap to taking the ball for 20 games there, there's just nobody so then you're almost stuck like if we're not picking up the top free agent or making a deal for a proven arm Corey kluber is a free agent too uh, i believe it's a club old, option though. old old 
Yeah, I, 35 year old. But if we're like, like in, I almost like, okay, so we, ideal situation, Woody. And maybe that's a good way to kind of like get, get to the end of this all in just making my way around. Uh, first base question mark. Catcher is a question mark, but a good one because you have so many options and some flexibility. And then the outfield is you could roll it back with the threesome, but there's just a log jam behind them. So what are you going to do with the guys behind Rosario, Kepler, and Buxton? And then Nelly Cruz, one of the easy solutions is just say, you know, we've talked about this before, but Rooker, any one of those guys plays first or Kepler or something like that. And Snow slots in as your DH. And then if Cruz doesn't come back or you keep Cruz and you know, there's lots of good flexibility built in there with like surpluses in the roster, but there's still, this is going to be a busy off season. And that's, that's kind of exciting uh, from where I'm sitting. And then I guess I just with that thought of where would you love to see this? What's your ideal off off season? I guess that's kind of we're sitting here a couple days, a couple weeks, still raw, still reeling, uh, but willing to think about, okay, what would be the ideal scenario for two Twins fans sitting here October, still watching baseball, a little bit pissed, a little bit sad, but still there's a ray of hope, a ray of possibility. And what does that look like for you, Ryan Wood? Ideal offseason? Um, I mean, what I kind of outlined there, you know, I just, I want it to be different. I think that's overall, right? Let's out without going to specifics, more like broad. What, what does it look like? Right. I want it to be different. I want the feeling to be different. I think we get, especially in Minnesota twins for sure, but Minnesota sports in general, we get really caught up in this. Oh, they're a Minnesota guy. Oh, they're like one of us. They're they get it. They're you know they're they're here and they, you know, uh, chose to come here. Or whatever. It doesn't work. It's the nice guys finish last thing, right? It's the we've tried this now, reasonably like you can say since two thousand four. You know, you could say the O two, you know, Moneyball team or the team that beat the Moneyball team, whatever lost. That doesn't really count. That was kind of a weird season. We also almost lost our baseball team after that season. So like, um, <laughs> it, it, but like you know, and that was a Kickstarter, obviously. But for, you know, for the last fifteen, sixteen years, we've done it this way of like, hey, let's let's do it this way and whatever. I think we just need to bring in some guys that, yeah, we aren't as comfortable maybe with the depth or with. Uh, certain positions where we're starting some guys that are, you know, maybe a guy like a Marwin Gonzalez has to play 140 games at third base or something. You're like, uh, we have Marwin at third, whatever. But that meant we had Trevor Bauer on the mound once every five games. That meant that we signed Liam Hendricks as our closer and like, oh, don't have to worry about this for the next three years. Um, and if we do, then that's more on him than us. Like, I want us to take risks because I think we always kept doing the safe thing, and the safe thing is Homer Bailey. The safe thing is Rich Hill. Uh, the safe thing is Alex Avila um, on a good deal, right? Uh, bringing back Sergio Romo, safe thing. Like, take a few risks. I, I think that's, if if I'm looking at this, I know what it feels like to just get there and just assume, oh, we're here. We're going to win a, our first playoff game in, in 16 tries. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Um, yeah, Josh Donaldson. Um, the... Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just, yeah, I just want us to take some risks. I'm sitting here hearing that, and I'm like, how? what 
what about signing Josh Donaldson? What about getting Kenta Maeda? We're not is not doing exactly what you were asking for. So the Kenta Maeda one, we we traded again, and I we don't we're not a we're not doctors. B we didn't have the medical records. C even <laughs> if we had the medical records, we would have no idea what we were looking at. But we traded Gratterall to get him, and now Kenta pitched like a bona fide number two, which is great. Like you don't complain about that at all. At the same time, like the Josh Donaldson thing happened two years too late. Like it should have been two years two years ago. Granted, yeah, that was the right thing to do, but like the risk I guess I'm looking at is like paying for prime guys, and I felt like Maeda the trade was fine. At the same time, the Dodgers are literally just trying to get rid of him. So it wasn't like we really had to go out and like convince him, give us Maeda, we'll give you our, at the time, probably top pitching prospect um, for him. Yeah. Which I think should also be mentioned every time Maeda pitches, is we had to give up our best pitching prospect for this guy. So, yes, he should be this good. If not, yeah. we suck. Oh, like okay. that, I think it – and again, it worked out, so I'm not complaining, but I think that's a, a, a valid point of it. It's not like we went out there and fleeced the Dodgers. The Dodgers are like, hey, we don't have room for this guy. He's pretty good. It's still going to cost you your best pitching prospect. And we were just like, sure, okay, where do we sign? Um, yeah. And then, yeah, and then the Donaldson thing, again, I think the age is is tricky. But the risk, I guess, for me yeah. is Bauer, obviously number one. I've said it, and I'll probably say it until uh, he signs with the Padres. Um, but it's – Let's, I, I just it just needs to feel different i think going forward yeah uh, and, and i i appreciate that and it's it's kind of especially this point of being like no you we need a guy in their late 20s or because that, that's when they pop up in baseball mm-hmm. you know guys signing those monster deals and i'm just doing a quick scroll through who was listed as those top free agents and i, I think Trevor Bauer is the best player on the market, no matter position, no matter pitcher offense, like nobody else is available. Like I, I, I unless I'm missing somebody, Woody, the only ones, he, oh, yeah. he is it for, he, he might cost 40 million season. a year. He might, he might get a two forty. or sorry. Hold on. Let me do the math real quick. In my head. He might get eight years, three twenty. In which well, case, Stanton, we cannot Stanton afford. Stanton and Springer are both free agents. If Stanton opts out, he should immediately fire his agent for advising him on that, and then beg the Yankees to just give him ninety percent of what they were paying him. Uh, <laughs> it unless he's adding like three more years onto that contract, which he does not need. Um, but he cannot stay healthy. Although, like this playoffs might be the time to opt out of just like yep still have it still can hit moon shots whenever i feel like it um yep yeah the only other starters i'm seeing is on this free agent list which who knows when it was updated but yeah kluber is a club option texas is is picking that up um they're gonna try to trade him they're not gonna just let him walk uh robbie ray pass james paxton for the money pass tanaka pass arietta is a club option which will probably not be picked up but either way, pass. Strowman, I mean. There's nobody. There's nobody. Strowman is basically like Jose Bar- um, for for double the money. It's it's Barrios for double the money. I know. 
Quintana, no. Yeah, it's it's you're gonna have to go trade for one if you don't get Bauer. And we have the guys to do it. Again, if you want to give Eddie if he's you convince Eddie Rosario it'll take four years, let's call it like fifty two million. Here's I think that ends up being thirteen a year. Um, and we'll front load it where like arbitration you're gonna make ten anyways this year. So let's give you ten, twelve, uh fourteen, and then like the fourth year we'll give you twenty. Um that might be something there. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, let's move some of these outfielders for starters. And we can get more into this once the you know, off season really starts on you know, unfolding and we really see who's available and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's gonna be tough and Again, with the Yankees, you know they won they won tonight, uh, so it's going to Game Five. But if they can't beat the Rays, they're going to be like, "Listen, we're getting Tanaka and Paxson off our books." Hmm. Like, hey, we just paid for let's let's go Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer back to back, and then just go trade for another guy at some point and like just wrap this thing up. Um, yeah, it's so it, it's it's going to be tough to compete. And it'd be tough to convince even me to pay Trevor Bauer $40 million a year as a starting pitcher. But uh, I'm just trying to do some quick math on a note card, which is the wrong sized piece of paper to do this on. But <laughs> if we give Trevor Bauer 35 million. This is what the Twins office yeah. is doing. <laughs> this, yeah, this is well, I'm looking at Derek Falvey's uh, desk. is just like nothing, one three by five index card and just a bunch of like weird markings on it. Um and then another one that just says TB, 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 TB. <laughs> oh, man. Should we? Do you think we should just, like, mail him a letter every day of just, like, Dear Derek and, and, and Thad, please sign Trevor Bauer. <laughs> Sincerely, <laughs> Twins fans everywhere. <laughs> and then, like, change it slightly, like, every once in a while. Like, if you need to trade Eddie Rosario and Miguel Sano for minor leaguers we've never heard of, no one will complain. <laughs> but it's... We could do it though. We could. I think we could. Like I said, there's a couple names that are coming off the books, um, and again, it's just different. You're, it's just different. You're, you're in the conversation. And, and another thing, Woody, it's just I'm just sitting here and kind of like thinking about the the uh, this this duo. Like th- they are here to win now. There's there's no. We we've always been here to win now. It was just crossing my mind. What if we did that whole kind of like. Blow it up, see what we got in this core of younger outfielders, and then just have to wait until we can find more pitching. Like that that's not where this club is at at all. They're still in win now. But their franchise is getting really restless. Their franchise base and you and I trying to uh embody that right now is done and tired in over eighteen fucking playoff losses in a row. So, yeah, it, we get to the end of the day. is like you need to bring in somebody to bolster your rotation. But I don't care. If you don't do that, you want me to come back to target field? Like, it's just, I don't know. Can't do it. But back to the note card. Back to the note card. Maybe that's a good place for us to drive a stake into this Bragan's heart. Vampire. Sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm just doing some real quick, like real quick math at this point. Uh, so yeah, the only the only only money we have committed is Donaldson for 21, 
Sano for 11, Polanco for 4.3, Kepler for 6.5, two starters for 13 total. That is all your committed salaries for 2021. Now there's how you read it because of arbitration and, and other things. We have a bunch of guys that are pretty much renewable. Um, so I, that should total $60 million. I'm just going to leave out the after the first comma. Um, by just paying... Like your catcher's total, like one point five million. Uh, your second baseman <laughs> uh, is less than a million. Rosario and Buxton on arbitration should be like fifteen total. Uh, so we're at like twenty maybe, and so we're at eighty total, and that's we have a starting lineup. Uh, you figure uh, Barrios is coming back for like five or six. Uh, you figure your bullpen you can pay twenty four, so we're at like one oh five. Cruz, the wild card, let's just assume we give him 15, we're at 120. And then your bench utility and outfielders, like, let's say you find guys that are 15 million, like 5 million apiece yeah. for yeah. three guys, right? And again, you could bring back Jake Cave for a million dollars and then spend 7 million on two guys. You're at 135. So to up our payroll by, you know, it'd be tricky, but again, after the incentives, it'd be up it, asking them to up it by like five million dollars. Like, yeah, like, uh, it, it maybe ten. I think I might be doing the math wrong a little bit there. Yeah, but between like yeah, between like ten and fifteen million, and Bowers on this team. Yeah. And yep. again, maybe you decide to move a couple of these guys. If you move Kepler or don't re-sign Rosario. Or do both of those things and just replace that with Kirillov and like Jake Cave and Larnick as the outfield rotation there. Again, we're putting a lot on Buxton to stay healthy then. Um, <laughs> you save $15 million um, for two batters that probably combined bat like 255, give you about, you know, probably 50 home runs. But you assume Larnick and Kirillov are going to give you 50 plus home runs. Uh, so it, it, a lot of options. I'm all of a sudden feeling a lot more positive just by dabbling on this note card. Um, I think in these, in these, is it a daily letter or a weekly letter? I think the basic simple one of just like, please sign Trevor Bauer could be daily. And then like weekly, we might give him a couple paragraphs of just like, consider this perspective. Um, well, I, I think that I think these these note cards need to be need to be added into there. We'll, oh yeah, we'll make copies of them, obviously. Yeah, and as like guys like Alex Avila find jobs in like Detroit, and uh, Marwin Gonzalez gets signed, but with like, uh, yeah, <laughs> just goes back. Uh, I don't know if they'll take him back after he was. I think the first one, but like, yeah, we cheated. I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> it's like fuck you, man. You really you kind of made our lives hell for 12 months. You're not coming back here. Uh, no, Marlon Gonzalez seems destined to be a uh, Miami Marlin next year. That's a good point. I like that idea. Yeah, that that, that seems like the We're place to go. for the Marlins, by the way. Yeah, I, I, well, they just got swept today, I think, though. So that's too bad. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I like I said, feel more positive. Again, I think I think I'll feel at least neutral on opening day, whenever that is next year, if three names are not on this team: Jake Odorizzi, Sergio Romo. And Miguel Snow. I don't know about the Snow one. That's why I put him third. There's a good chance he's still yep. here. In which case, I'll yep. have to get some talking into to st- you know be neutral at least. But if we can as I, at least get rid of Romo and get rid of Odorizzi, 
just for mental clarity's sake, I think I think I'll be fine. Yeah. And but you, you just to clarify, you're going to be really upset if Rich Hill is not on the roster. I think I'll be really upset if Rich Hill is still in Major League Baseball next year. I don't really <laughs> care where. Like, it's like, are you kidding me, Cleveland? Really? Like. I think that's going to be one of those things. Where it's like, and he's making more money than he did last year. Like, I, I feel like that's what just we're just destined for that. I'm like, Rich Hill signs a two-year, sixteen million dollar deal with uh, with Boston. yeah, with a contender. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> with the New York Mets. Like, oh man, Mets are going to be good. Rich Hill in that four spot. Oh, like, I it it's just like 2020. What a what a weird season. Uh, 2021 off season. I. I guess I'm kind of I'm looking forward to it from a kind of you know want to watch the world burn a little bit and you know maybe that's some of the anger coming off the books a bit but it's still my ultimate and and kind of what I want to leave with is just at least for this present moment is that I hope the organization is still fully committed to this window but you you want to you want to be competing for titles no matter what sport, no matter what team, no matter what it's, it's what's the point if you're not uh, the, tw- the twins might not really be competing for a title, but they're, they're still relevant at present in, in they have, there's things that they can do to, to take that next step towards an actual convincing title conversation. And we should be thankful about that. We should also be pissed that they're not still playing baseball. And I just, I just wanted the balance between those two. So some of that leads to optimism, but also a degree of kind of being like, hey, Thad and yeah, Co. Like, here comes another letter from flyover territory because it's coming your way. We might slip in the uncommon cardboard cards that we've collected over the couple last uh, months, Woody, too, and just start unloading our supply that way. I think that might also be a sneaky. I've got a bunch of 2020 heritage we can send them. Hey, uh I know where their offices are. Uh, I once uh, choked away an interview with the uh, the uh, CFO of the Minnesota Twins. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool in there. Saw Paul Molitor walk by. I was like, hey, that's cool. And then I remembered that, like, oh, man, we kind of suck. Like, I think this is his fault. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so no, that's fair. That's fair. We, we've, yeah. we've got a couple of great action plans. We, uh, we have some standards we're holding them to. And I'll start looking into setting up our uh, – our slush fund for twins betting money uh, as soon as possible. That's fair. I think we'll, uh, we'll we'll have to start maybe open up like an Excel spreadsheet to separate the uh, the twins gambling money from our uh, very successful future <laughs> uh, LFC or yeah uh, LLC, LLC yeah. for uh, <laughs> the uh, the tops heritage rips that we uh, are destined to only find success in. Um, <laughs> But yeah. Oh God. Oh, could be rough. Could be rough. But I think that's a good uh, place to stop. We'll uh, we'll probably let the World Series happen. See what ha- see where the cards fall with that, yep. and uh, and then check back in once we kind of get a better sense of what the well, winter meetings. Yeah, winter meetings yeah. or wherever, whenever they happen or whatever, and free agency and all those kind of good things. But um, any uh, parting shots here as we go towards the abyss that is the 2020 2021 off season? Again, I I just. I hope to hell that uh, that uh, members of that squad are just as motivated to get back for 2021 after they enjoy their time in the sun, wherever they may be, uh, and get healthy, Byron Buxton, as always. <laughs> get healthy and stay healthy. 
that's gonna be the stay healthy uh please yeah please just please, please. we got a lot of first bowmans we're depending on here <laughs> uh for the sake of our bowman collection byron if you're listening uh <laughs> the <laughs> our cousin scotty needs yes, you <laughs> very badly the twins do too we might be living and dying by Byron Buxton, but you know, more for the for for cousin Scotty. But uh, for Dave, this is a Woody, and uh, this has been Flyover Territory podcast. We'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Mm-hmm.